Hello, everybody. I'm PNG, and welcome to the PNG Podcast, the most dysfunctional podcast on YouTube. We have a nice full cast today, and we're going to be talking about game collecting, or the game collecting stories we're most fond of. And what we're going to do is, before we get into the main topics, we're going to introduce each other first. Starting off with Rad Zero. All right. Hey, what's going on, PNG? Hey, Red. Red Zero, back on one another one of your podcasts. Very happy to be here. Uh, you guys already seen my content on YouTube. I cover pro wrestling and gaming, and I'm excited to touch base on this retro gaming collecting topic. Awesome! It's glad to. I'm very glad to have you back on the show. Excellent. And also his debut on the PNG podcast. We have Stando TV. Hello, Stando. Hey guys, I'm Stando TV. Of course, uh, I. My YouTube channel, I try to do gaming news topics, uh, which is discussion pieces about what's going on in gaming industry news. And then I run a Twitch channel also uh, where we do a variety streaming. So, yeah. Awesome. Also debuting on the PNG podcast, we have Microbrew Gamers. How's it going, man? Good, good. Hi, I'm D from Microbrew Gamers, and uh, I've been uh, gaming for quite a while since the days of Atari, so... I'm an avid gamer. I've got my own uh, Microbrew Gamers with a Z uh, YouTube channel. I got a website, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, etc. So beyond awesome. that, uh, I basically like to cover uh, beers and games. That's got my shtick here. Awesome. Also, we have Jayvon Christian debuting on the podcast. Hello. Hey, uh, I'm Josh Bone Christian. Um, I'm director of a Kickstarter documentary called Mother to Earth, which is about um, Earthbound Beginnings or Mother uh, in Japan. And uh, it's an old NES game. Took 25 years to come out. We have a Twitter. It's cool stuff. Awesome. Also returning on the podcast, the PNG podcast legend himself, JD of Moosenspiel! Woo! Oh, hold on. Hello. Sound effect. There we go. Yay, okay. Yay. All the applause. All the applause for me. Just all of it. <laughs> uh, hey, don't let me change my mind, all right? <laughs> I'll take booze. I'll be a heel oh. just for the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of haters sometimes, I swear. <laughs> Okay, so now that we're all introduced, we can get into the topics. Now, we're all game collectors here, and we've all been collecting games for months, years, decades, who knows? A long time. Decades. I'd say we're all very, all very, very passionate about gaming, and that's what brings us all together. And it's, I think for a lot of us, we started YouTube with our passion for game collecting and furthering our collections and meeting other people and learning new things and finding new games. And I think that's a real big process in the journey of game collecting. So let's talk about stories that have interested us in our game collecting pursuits. So let's go with uh, JD to start. What would be the most interesting thing you can think of from your game collection or just an interesting deal that you've had or like, Anything that interests you? Well, generally uh, these days, especially in the last couple of years, um, the amount of travel I'm doing and all the different new places I go to, I end up searching out for a, I got time to kill, I search out for a used video game store, retro game store, and I seem to bring a bit back of that place with me. And uh, about a month ago on my travels to Edmonton, I went to a retro game store and 
came across Alone in the Dark 4. I was like, oh, wow. There was more than two of these? <laughs> How good could this be for five Canadian dollars? Which could amount to like 50 cents American. <laughs> and uh, brought it back, and it inspired me to do a retro gaming topic over possibly terrible horror games. And it... Possibly terrible. Possibly terrible. That was the topic. It's 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 hard games we hope aren't bad, <laughs> and it turns out that hey, that's, I, that's a good topic. Yeah. So the 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 titles bit the play on play on what we were going for, and it turns out that that game is possibly one of my favorite hard games of all time. So you oh. just never know what you're going to oh, get. Really? Yeah. It's it's that good, and it's for the PlayStation. So. Wow. That's just a recent memory one. It really sticks out in my mind now. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the most interesting things about game collecting is when you start to get like a lot of the mainstream games that everyone talks about, it, you already know what to expect. But when you're kind of reaching into the depths of things that you may not know about, that's when the more interesting things come out. You know, it might be good, it might be bad, but as a game collector, it's our responsibility to find out for ourselves and share with others. Uh, how about you, Josh? How- um. Yeah, so... This one is, uh, I, a lot of my research as far as like collecting and stuff goes, um, I've been really into obviously Earthbound Beginnings prototypes. Um, there's a whole slew of them that were made during the English development of it before the game was shelved uh, in the 90s. And so just, actually this is just uh, developing because this happened yesterday. Um, well, about Monday, there was a guy who came okay. on Twitter and tweeted out that he had gone to a yard sale and picked up what ended up being a prototype. And so he provided some photographs of it. And normally I just sort of like, if it was sort of sketchy, I'd shrug it off. But this was like, the photos checked out. Um, so I, wow. yeah, and he lived in Portland, which is where I am. So I actually went down there yesterday to check it out in person. And it's, I can safely say that it is real. And um, from there, yeah, yeah. First of all, that's insane. Um, I think that makes it the eighth so far total to be out of Nintendo. Um, But yeah, he also managed to give me some vague directions to where the yard sale might have been uh, that involved like walking to a faraway gas station, trying to find a sign that was no longer there and talking to the convenience clerk to get the next step. Um, I ended up finding the place that sold it and uh, a neighbor took my contact. So I'm going to hear from him hopefully within the next couple days. But yeah, it was definitely some sleuthing. <laughs> that's a, that's like an awesome a discovery, though. Yeah. Say, did, did, did you stop by the cave with a little old man with a sword? <laughs> dangerous to it's go. Dangerous alone, to right? go alone. I take this. You know, I figured <laughs> like pig. I definitely one of the things that went through my mind was like, <laughs> if there was ever a way to like set up some elaborate scheme to kidnap me, that would be the way to do it. Um, but you know, for me a cheeseburger, and you got me. <laughs> yeah, but I that's, um, that's that's a way to give people ideas. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I 
invited a friend to come with me and then that fell through so yeah i did just sort of wing it um but i am alive so and the guy was really cool so i i've been helping him a lot awesome with that but yeah let's hear from um let's hear from microbrew how's it going man all right pretty good ironically my story actually has something to do with earthbound oh wow Several years ago, I, I uh, was working a job down south, um, down in Arkansas. I'm actually from the Northeast, and I'm in Massachusetts now. But um, I made friends with like the neighbor at the time, and um, he was you know, he game two when he was younger, and he, he gamed and he, and he brought out this old box of games that he had, um, you know, from when he was at his parents and everything else. He's like, yeah, I got this for my mom's. And he was going through it, and he pulled out his Zeldas, put them on the shelf because he was a big Zelda fan. And he pulled out an Earthbound in the box. What? Wow. And uh, what he did was is, uh, he's like, oh, that's Earthbound. I love it. He's like, yeah, I, I don't really play it that much. You can have it. I'm like, man, you know how much that's – here, let me bring it up. This is how much you can get. He's like, I don't care. You're cool, but I, you, know, you, you love the game. I'm just going to give it to you. He literally gave me a boxed Earthbound, oh, knowing man. the value. Holy shit. Yeah, so you should probably awesome. sell it and then get a cheaper version. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did wind up uh, selling it, but uh, eventually. But that's because yeah, we moved and needed some ca- extra cash and everything else. But um, yeah, that's how I ended up uh, playing through Earthbound uh, for the first time. And I actually wanted to play it, wanted to find it, then I just my lap for free. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was Let's pretty go good. And I mean. I made a bunch of friends down there, so I was able to get score some stuff, some stuff free, some stuff I gave. Um, that's one of the good things about trading is if you just, you know, stay cool, be honorable, man. <laughs> and get some cool trades, make contacts and networks. Yeah. Let's go for Rad. Uh, pretty much I've been collecting since I was a kid. I don't really have a story of anything maybe recently or anything that I found. Uh, most of the items I own I've had from way back when. But I guess maybe the coolest thing that I saw was probably back in 1997. There was a mall here that I used to uh, go to here in my local town. Uh, You know, when I was a kid and I was already collecting for the NES back then. Well, I just discovered this store and they had almost like every single Nintendo uh, game you can think of, you know, sealed, brand new. They were selling them for maybe about 10, 20 bucks. Unfortunately, when I discovered that store, uh, they closed down like two days later. So, man, that really sucked. And I I was ready to drop the, you know, serious dough, you know, but it's just unfortunately the store closed down. And I'm pretty sure my collection will be a lot more extensive. And these would probably be items I still own to this day, being that I have a lot of items from that era. So that's unfortunate. But, I mean, it was really cool. And, and, you know, just thinking about that time, I really enjoyed visiting that store. It uh, It was a treasure trove. For any kind of retro collector, so that hits me in the feels, man. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, and and these weren't just like the classic series or Player's Choice. I mean, these are like the originals, you know. And yeah, you name it: Mega Man one through six, Zelda one, Zelda two, the whole thing, brand new, sealed. So, oh man, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I wish I dropped Serious Dope back then, but unfortunately, it closed down. <laughs> Damn, dude. Damn. <laughs> wow, I envy you guys. You guys have good stories, man. Stand out, <laughs> go, go for it, man. <laughs> well, don't worry, PNG. I don't, I don't, I don't have any good stories either. Um, pretty much, <laughs> like, like, my mom was one of those type of moms when she bought me my 
NES. I was probably like six or seven, right? And so, like, she's like, it came with Mario packed in. She's like, if you beat this game, I'll buy you a new one. And I guess she thought that it would take me a while to beat these games. But every time I beat a game, she would buy me a new one. And I ran through Mario pretty quick. It took, like, the weekend, right? So she, she, I held her to her word and, and stuff like that. So a lot of the games that I have in my collection are just games that I had built up over time thanks to mom, you know, uh, being cool. Because back then, the 80s and 90s, like, you didn't talk about video games at school and stuff. So, like, to me, mom was pretty cool, you know, and uh, buy me a whole bunch of crap. And that lasted all the way through the PlayStation 1 era. You know, after I got out of high school, and then I think the PS2 is something I, I bought for myself for the very first time. And I just, you know, buy the games new and never got rid of them. So that's it. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, like as far as like game collecting stories, like I have a few, but uh, there used to be this game store I used to go to quite often. And it was right when I started to get really into game collecting. Thankfully, I took advantage of this place because it was closing down, and all this place was getting like half off sales, like all the time. Everything in the store, fifty percent off. I'm like, awesome! I'll go straight to the game section, you know. Like games like The Guardian Legend and mm. uh, Tengen Tetris, and like all those kind of games. Castlevania one, two, and three. What was that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Castlevania one, two, and three. Um, Contra, Battletoads. I was able to get like a ton of like classic games for very cheap too. The thing was, like, uh, every every week I went in there, it was just always cheaper. Like, 60% off everything in the store, 70% off everything in the whole store, 80% off. And eventually it was, like, 90% off everything in the whole store. And I was like, all I have is this backpack. I can't have, carry anything else. <laughs> so a lot of my games from my collection behind me are from this store. And, That's what uh, I was going to ask. Probably the, biggest, <laughs> um, probably the biggest steal I got from that place was I got a sealed copy of Tengen. Tetris for the NES dollars. How many? And that game is normally about in the box. So I I, I was pretty much a steal for me essentially. And this place eventually merged on with another game store which and now they sell them for actual regular prices and (laughs) that's sort of how it is in my area like like, I mean, if you go to, like, downtown Portland, you can find some stores that have good stuff for relatively cheap. Um, or, you know, people you can bargain with. But especially around, like, the outskirts where I live, it's people know their prices now. <laughs> Thanks, Internet and eBay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for real. EBay, Amazon. Even people like people in the are getting wise now. area, like some small town, have a tag sale. They know the they have the real price of the eBay prices on. It's like son of a gun. Yeah. Well, I find the best deals you're going to get are at yard sales. Yes, yeah. that's, that's pretty much it. That's yard true. sales, yard sales, and then maybe thrift shops and flea market if you're lucky. If you're lucky, it's sad. <laughs> right here, even the uh, e- even the Salvation Armies try to get the eBay prices on those now. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, bastards. the uh the goodwill store has also checked out those prices as well so they've sold some yeah. stuff for high prices yeah well yeah. they like from what i at least for the ones in my area they put everything that is worth more than 10 bucks online now so most nes games if not all nes games now are being sold on their website instead of in the stores i've seen some listings on amazon as well so it's yeah. interesting it's like you're supposed to be goodwill. Oh. 
But, uh, hey, Dad, speaking, uh, of, speaking of garage sales, I I go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say I got a little certain something from a thrift shop uh, two weeks ago. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> How much? <laughs> and, and for those that... Uh, okay, so I got this of about 20 other N64 classics and two controllers and a memory card. The entire thing was 200 So I, I also got like Mario Kart, Zelda, uh, both Banjo games, just a bunch of classics. Donkey Kong. Oh, my God. You name it. GoldenEye. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting some. But yeah, so like I actually sold a bunch of like the extras because like I had a few of them, and I ended up making money on it, and I got Conquer in my collection now. <laughs> Man, that is an so goes crazy for two hundred. Yeah, Conquer is like one hundred and twenty alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Mario Kart sixty four is worth like something now too. You know, and like Smash 70, Brothers was in there 70, also. 70. Actually, several years ago, dude. Yeah, several about six years ago, ten bucks. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> you, got a, you got a box copy. Yes. Oh, the guy yes, will not complete. <laughs> oh wow. That's awesome, man. You uh, were talking about garage sales a minute ago, and that, that's kind of true. I think I went to a garage sale one time, uh, and this woman had, like, uh, one of those full, like, CD racks full of nothing but PlayStation 1 games, right? And, like, I picked that thing up for, like, 10 bucks, and it had, like, all three siphon filter games in there. I mean, it was just – it had a lot of good stuff. It had a lot of crap in there, but it had a lot of good games in there, too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. 10 bucks can't complain. Yep. Yeah, so, um, J.D., do you have anything else? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's generally just going around to all these new places. That's my, it's been my thing for a while, ever since I got out into the real world and started doing the adult thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I totally get that. Um, you know, it's funny, um, me and J.D. here, like, we actually bought a couple of games at uh, last year's Fan Expo. And uh, they could be considered repro carts. And uh, it kind of pissed off Evan from Mother to Earth. They're real oh, yeah. games to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if he's told you anything, but... What were the... Uh, Josh, but it's... Uh, oh. It's this Earthbound one. Oh, Earthbound Uncut. Earthbound, uh, okay. yeah, and uh, JD, I think, got uh, Magical Chase. I got Magical Chase <laughs> on the Turbo Graphics. <laughs> You know, here's the thing. Beautiful, like, beautiful I, deal. Not... The best deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... You know, I... Mostly, like... Oh, sorry. Go for it, Josh. Oh, yeah. No, I, like... I personally... I think there's... Uh, repros, I definitely think about on a case-by-case basis. As far as as far as my opinions go on them. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, like, if somebody makes... Like, like, let's talk about, like, aftermarket games, for example. If somebody makes a game for NES and then puts it on a cart and sells it, like, that's totally cool in my book. And if somebody makes a hack of a game um, or something like that, I think it's a little bit more ambiguous legally, but I still understand why people would buy it, and, like, that doesn't bother me. Mostly it's when things like, for example, the Mother 25th Anniversary hack, um, was made by a guy, Dragon Day Plati- uh, Platino? Uh, he's a guy from the Starman.net forums who made it and posted it on there. And everybody who sells it is not... Like, he doesn't necessarily get any of that. They're just taking the game and then putting it on a cart and selling it for a bunch of money. 
I so I think if it's like cost of production, that'd be different too. Um, hmm. I like repros for getting getting the physical games out there that are either ungodly expensive and no one can be able to play them. Yeah, or they're or they're games that never made it to a country. Yeah. So like a game like Pulseman uh, for the Genesis never came to the West, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's why I bought this game because, here. Uh, I got the Splatterhouse game on the NES. Never came out here. Uh, one pack of graffiti, Famicom only. So NES, no, I can. So yeah. And it's a convenient NES cartridge, so why not? I have, I have noticed since moving to Canada, getting reproduction carts is much easier. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Why is there's that? Ton- there's tons of stores just in the, in the Toronto area that sell reproduction carts of games that are either expensive or or hacks, such as, like, Legend of Drink Zelda or something. I've seen that. <laughs> Mega Man with uh, with My Little Pony characters instead. Oh, I was going to say Wait. that. <laughs> Wait, what game with My Little Pony characters instead? It's basically like My Mega Little Man. Pony, but with, in, in the terms of Mega Man. <laughs> oh, God. There was a game, Equestria Bound. There was a hack. What? Bound. No, it's on the site. You can Charmin.net. Go look it up. Equestria Bound. Oh, God. It's My Little Pony hack of Earthbound. It's a, I'm pretty sure it's an entirely new game or relatively... Like, it's pretty well changed at the very least. Yeah. There's also a store out in Montreal that sells. Uh, they make carts of, of European games that never made it to the states. That that generally Genesis games. So like hmm. Alien Soldiers, one of them, for example. One of the uh, repos awesome. I want to get is Terranigma. I want Terranigma. Oh, yep. Terranigma. Yeah, you can get you can get That's that fair. you can get that reproduction almost anywhere in Toronto. Yeah. Just any any huh, retro well, store me, will have love- that. But these two Battle Kids one and two, Fortress Apparel and Tower of Torment. Very, very difficult games, but must play. So, so you don't like having fun. <laughs> <laughs> these are fun. It's like it's like the PlayStation's Kingsfield one and two. <laughs> well, so that the thing with those two is that they're aftermarket games. So like right. those are I mean those yeah, are fan really original. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um there was one time, and there was one too. I saw in a store near me. Um, I saw first of all, it was right next to Earthbound Beginnings for NES, uh, with just Earthbound written on the front and Ness- or like Nintendo's clay model, made in like had to be like paint, probably. Um, but there was next to it was a copy of Harry's Legend. Uh, wow. for the NES, which is a bootleg game, and it had like the artwork from the seventh book just plastered on the front of it, <laughs> as if you know the game <laughs> didn't come out before that book came out. <laughs> but they were selling it for like seventy bucks, mm. so I didn't I didn't pick that up. I think repros Let's are a great see. idea because like. You know, you, you, you t- talking about Earthbound. I mean, what's a sealed, good, mint condition copy of Earthbound cost? And it just sits on some collector's shelf. I mean, repros are great, uh, a great opportunity. Games are meant to be played. <laughs> and it's a good job it's, to get a game into somebody's hands that's going to play it. So I, I love the I, idea. I agree. I, I like the idea of repros for that as long as they're clearly stated the repros rather than somebody trying to pa- pull right. a fast one on collectors. Yeah. It's cool to have a repro to play through and like, especially if it's not too expensive, you don't want to sit there and say, 
I'm going to charge $200 for this Earthbound Repro. It's a repro, dude. It's not the game. Yeah. <laughs> as long as the prices are, like, you know, uh, reasonable, and they clearly state, hey, repro, right on there. It's like, yeah, pop that in and play that. Yeah. yeah, like, that's one of my, the most infuriating things to me is, like, some people will, like, make a little Samson repro card and then say, oh, this is, like, 150 bucks because the game is rare, even though this is just a repro. And I'm like, they should charge you just for the packaging and the production. And that's exactly the yeah. Samson repro. Right. Because, like, like, but this is rare. Well, guess what? Emulator. You could put it <laughs> on a free. flash card and play it for <clears throat> Well, not just emulator. Not just emulator, but you got virtual console now that makes you know games more available to more people and a lot cheaper because it's you know just a little digital download of a ROM. So yeah, and I mean, like even virtual console won't even lower the value of some games. I mean, like look at Earthbound. Earthbound has been put out on so many devices now, whether it's Super Nintendo, like uh, virtual consoles. Yeah, but the game itself never seems to lower in price. Look at Conker's Bad Fur Day. It's been remade, and it's been put out on the Xbox One via Rare Replay. It still goes up in price all the time. Yeah. Even though there are cheaper ways of playing it, you know? Because I, think it's I think a big part of that's the collectors, because we really like to have... Anybody that with nostalgia factor really likes to just play it, like, all natural. We want to play it on the system, have the game. There's something about that that kind of brings you back. It's not just nostalgia, though, because I can remember growing up, and I don't have Earthbound. I don't have it in my collection because it, it, I didn't see it on the SNES. It wasn't a popular game back then. That's that's the whole thing. Yeah, it, it came out at the end popular. of the life of it. Yeah, came out at the end of the end of life of the console, and so there wasn't that. That's what drives the prices up. There just wasn't so many copies out there because it, it was, wasn't a popular game, game back yeah. then. So. Yeah, well, also, in the case of Little Samson, it's because they gave it, like, a religious-sounding game name, and they didn't market it very well, either. <laughs> so, people didn't want it. <laughs> like, oh, great, this is going to be Bible stories. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And it doesn't get put on Virtual Console, that game. That game, you can only either emulate it or p- play the original. Mm. Or buy Repro. So, that's that's it. But, you know, like, as far as emulation is concerned, like... I get it. I totally get why people would do emulation. Uh, game collecting is very expensive. It's not for the faint of heart, you know. Yeah, it it's for people who are. It's, it is for people who are passionate about game collecting. You know, oh, yeah. some people. Some people love it because it's their hobby. The it's like the thrill of the hunt. You're going out and saying, "What can I find today?" And almost always, when I go out to buy a game, I almost never find the one I'm looking for. But I find something else that's very cool every time I go out. Yeah, the fun part about game collecting. And that, that, that's just what I, that's my stance on it. Is, um, it's the on fun the, of it. On the classics, what do you guys think of uh, hardware mods on the classics? I have a hardware mod on uh, my NES, actually. I, I replaced um, the cartridge slot with this um, NES blinking light. Um, and what it does is uh, you can put your NES cartridge essentially in the console straightforward like this. And what happens is the pins will 100% align every single time. You never have to like clean the cart. You never have to align the pins. It automatically loads. And it plays PAL games and NTSC consoles natively. That's excellent. Mm. That is really cool. It I've was very too, easy uh, for me to replace. It was very, very easy. Um, I, I did a video on it. Maybe this is the latest thing I've modded. I gave it <laughs> a pocket with a backlight. Oh, well. That's cool. 
I, I mean, I also That's have awesome. a mint, I also have a bunch of these mint condition like in the boxes and, and everything else. So I'll get a spare and I'll mod it just for fun because I've got. I just did a uh, original Game Boy two and a uh, this is actually a clear green glow in the wow. dark. It actually glows in the dark. Wow, nice. Okay, so, yeah. found that online. So then I added a green backlight to that, so that looks pretty neat. Cool. Yeah, I uh, I you know jimmied the little pieces of plastic out of the Super Nintendo that makes it so you can play Famicom games. That's probably like the closest I've gotten to doing a hardware mod, mostly You're just like- because like. I'm not good with that kind of stuff. I'd I'm probably... actually good at circuit boards and everything else. I'm actually pretty good at electronics. Yeah. Um, I know a guy who does Game Boy I... stuff a lot, um, but I just have never really had the... I don't know. I've just never gotten around to it. Maybe I'm, really, I'm really good at it, but I'll also buy... Like, this I actually picked up. If somebody oh, else wow. was really good, if somebody else they, they did an orange, red, and green like Samus colors, like yeah, you know, the Metroid Samus. Yeah. But even though I, I do a lot of my own that are really good, if I see like meet a guy that does a really good job, I'll buy theirs too. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, that looks cool. Yeah, I'll grab that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the guy that I know had a um, he had a copy or he had a, a Game Boy that he backlit with, I think, an orange backlight and he took a black case and he splattered it with paint to like make a splatoon themed one um oh wow yeah it was super cool i have seen some really cool ones if you guys are into trying to like mod or repair those at all like original game boys game boy colors uh handhold legend even sometimes i think they have up in the shop sometimes people's like you know their own like modders will actually put some of theirs on there too so check out handheldlegends.com you can buy like a lot of like the replacement, like the different colored buttons and everything else, and that's that's usually where I get a bunch of my stuff from. The only uh, the awesome. only console I have modded is a, a PC Engine, where it can it can uh, it was modded so it can have AV cables. Oh, oh nice, that's TV a good guy. So it yeah. can hook up to modern TVs. That actually, yeah. yeah, they're phasing out of even those now. Yeah, uh, and then you can push a button on the side, whether it'll pay play Japanese or American. PC Engine games. Have gotta, you, gotta, uh, love, gotta love the Super Nintendo region lock. Two plastic <laughs> pieces. You Westerners will never figure this out. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, have you heard of the AVS? Yes, it's, I've heard of the name. What is it exactly? So the AVS, it's uh, on Retro USB. Uh, oh yes, I know com. it. Yeah. There's the. It's an HD NES, but it doesn't yeah. emulate it. It plays it like. With Are you talking about Hyperkin's new system coming out? No, no, uh, no, no. This is here. Let me see if I can link it. It's basically like an, a, a slim NES, and you lift up the lid, you put the cartridge in, and it uses HD visual. And nice, I, I know the Hyperkin one coming out is going to be um, HD. Let's take a look at this one. Well, yeah, the Hyperkin is HD, but the problem is it runs ROM. So things like homebrews and repro carts will not work on the Hyperkin consoles. Yeah. But, oh, this AVS looks nice. But the yeah. AVS will, because it is an NES. It's actually loading the cartridges, but running them through HD. And yeah. it also has four ports on it. <laughs> this yep. is pretty. Wow, this is pretty nice. Yeah, like yeah. you know, what, know what the annoying thing was? It, they announced it like a week Save after. I, they announced it a week after I modded my NES. So I'm like, ah, oh, come on, oh, this man. is exactly what I needed. And you guys like, <laughs> yeah. For just, for just collecting purposes, I, I wanted to get a hold of one of those NES um, 
classic the minis. Oh, they're the yeah. ones that just released not too long ago. Yeah, I wanted one. Those things are stupid. Good luck trying to get hold of, and they're stupidly expensive. You know what's sad is though is is um, I I was on the way home from work. I'm like I got to pick up the kids, and I was like thinking, oh, maybe I'll stop at GameStop today. I was like, nah, I'm not gonna stop at GameStop tonight. I'm just gonna go home and relax. Well, that was the one evening that they had like till past like six o'clock at night, and I would have been home like hours before that. They actually had like until the very end until somebody scooped up like a bunch of people came and scooped them up. They had like five of them in stock. And I was like, the one day I didn't go, they had a whole buttload, and then they just were sold. I never saw it again. I was like, son of that's annoying. That sucks. And and I, I wasn't. I kind of wanted just because it's part of Nintendo history, so I wanted to pick one up because it was you know it's it's legit Nintendo you know official Nintendo stuff, but they didn't make enough of them, and it just got. I'm not going to pay tons of money for something that's just yeah, yeah thirty. Games like firmware just built in. It's like, yeah, I have all those games too. It would have been nice to, you know, play some of them in HD, but you know, like I said, I, I could always pick up this uh, retro USB for hundreds of dollars less than they're charging. Yeah. What I would like is I'd like an HD N64 is what I'd like because I love my N64 gaming, but I find like plugging in. That's, that's, that's just what I'd like. I don't know. It's just <laughs> a mod I would enjoy. Yeah. No, I totally use. Like if I could. Ideally, obviously, like if I could upgrade my consoles up to HD, other than just the NES, like I don't have an AVS yet. I'm I'm wanting to get one, but uh, but yeah, it's it's that's ideal to me. Yeah, well, I mean, like even if you look at the competing consoles at the time, the PS One, you can play those games on the PS Three in HD, a lot of them. So yeah. Well, yeah, but they're not really HD resolutions. They're still running at their their natural resolution. Yeah. Game I love, but awful (laughs) graphics. Final Fantasy VII, nothing but blocks. Hey, (laughs) I like Legos. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I also, like, I, when I really care enough about it, I... I mean, like, if I'm in a situation where I'm recording or something like that, I will occasionally upscale uh, my N64 or something like that. But I really don't like the way that it turns yeah, out. I've got, a, I've got an upscaler, too, for stuff like that, just so I can capture it at least. Yeah. Which is another reason I'm glad that, like, uh, some of these games are getting re-released in an HD format, you know what I mean? Like uh, Final Fantasy IX getting the retexturing and stuff done behind it and all that cool stuff. Yeah. And how many, yeah, I, I really dig that. So you can, I'm glad these games are getting the HD touch-up treatment, uh, some of them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. definitely needed, on, uh, especially games from that era. I've just noticed that they just really didn't age well. Like you can play 8-bit and 16-bit. They still look great. You can play anything nowadays. It looks awesome, but... From the 32-bit, 64-bit era, it's just hard to, you know, play it's nowadays, true. you know. You just can't hook up this, the console and get your game on that way. Yeah, even the PS2. So I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, people people walking around with their hands stuck together, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just well, like, really even, bad. This, even this week, me and my girlfriend were playing this N64 game called uh, Nightmare Creatures. I'm not <laughs> sure if you that game. Yeah, but, I remember. I'm familiar with that one. It's actually rather cool, but, it like, on once you get as well. Yeah, I think it's on both. But, like, it's a really cool game, but, like, the thing is, like, the camera is so terrible, and, like, I'm, like, just, like, playing the game. And, like, I feel like this could, this would be awesome if they revised this or, like, 
gave it a nice texture update or better control. And it's funny you bring Ooh. that up because you, you mentioned you have that on the 64, right, PNG? Yes. Yeah, I, I want to say that was kind of like the upgrade because it was released a little bit after the PlayStation 1. Uh, but I remember uh, playing it, and it always seemed scratchy to me. So I could just never get into it, even at the time that it was new. Oh, yeah, really? That, okay. like, me and my brothers played the crap out of on the N64 was uh, – 007. I went back down to long ago. Yes. Like, what am I even looking at? What am I shooting at anybody? Like, <laughs> that game is so broken. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically telling you to play Perfect Dark instead. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. You know but what? You go back and try to play it after like getting used to like the modern like high def, high gra- great graphic shooters. You're like, what am I shooting at? Damn it! What is that? <laughs> well, it's like, funny because, like, throughout the years, I c- continue to play GoldenEye as well as the modern. So I would be like, oh, I'm going to play some GoldenEye today. Okay. Now I'm going to play some COD or some Grand Theft Auto. I've done it a long time. You're like, ah, I, I, I got to figure this out. Yeah. Proximity Mines. Love Proximity Mines. Yeah. I remember I had my little cousin over, and he plays, like, Call of Duty, and he's, like, modern, modern, modern gamer, right? So, like, I'm like, let's play some GoldenEye. When I was a kid, this game was, like, the shit like this is the best shooter game you know he's like this game sucks i'm like get out like i just got so mad <laughs> but to I, say but that was real little what we had for a shooter was the combat in atari <laughs> yeah i guess <Little> blocks <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna lie something other than blocks <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i really i mean okay i'll pre i'll preface this by saying the multiplayer I actually really do like uh, the GoldenEye Wii port um, oh. when they updated it. I mean, like, like, they did weird things. Like, they switched out... I mean, understandably, they switched out Pierce Brosnan for Michael Craig and added weird cutscenes. Uh, Daniel Craig, thank you. Daniel, yeah, Daniel Craig. <laughs> wow. That was so weird. Get, get your James Bond guys right, man. Yeah, man. Especially uh, on a day like today where Roger Moore died. Oh, <laughs> Somebody's about to end up on the cover yeah. of a Far Cry game. Wait, wait, wait. Did he actually die today? Yes. Yeah. I didn't hear about this. Wait, Robert, what? Roger Moore passed away. My favorite James Bond. You're oh, kidding. yeah. Yeah, I read that earlier. Yeah, it's a yeah, bummer. I mean, and just, uh, a few days, just a few days uh, ago, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. Yeah. Lost, lost I mean, that, is, that is awful. I mean, it's Are like, you really comparing Soundgarden to James Bond? <laughs> no. I'm just comparing that there's been two really <laughs> close celebrity deaths. Uh, it sucks. Uh, I loved, yeah, sucks. he was. I loved the original James Bond, man. Hey, Roger Chris Cornell did that one song for a James Bond movie. the The first Daniel Craig, the Casino Royale song, was a Chris Cornell. Song. That was uh, that was the White Stripe. That was Jack Jack White that did that one. No, it's Chris Cornell, right? Jack, oh, okay, all right. I for think the, Jack no, White did one of them. Casino Royale was. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, that is true. Yes, it it was Chris Cornell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so which one did Jack White do? Oh, I guess he did another one. I guess uh, another movie. I suppose. Oh, Quantum of Solace. He did. Okay. Yeah, it was another yeah, right. James Bond one. Yeah. All right. You know that's sad. That's so. Sad. I didn't. I had no idea Roger Moore passed away. I, I was so yeah. busy streaming today and like in my own thing that I just. Didn't even know. I managed to just. I just managed to quickly catch it. You know, early it's okay. I, 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 I corrected the gross mistake. Yeah, and I apologize for said mistake. <laughs> Hold on, we just got a comment in um, the live chat from Spike Martinez. The world is not enough. Is greater than Goldeneye 007. How dare you? How dare you, Spike? 
I agree. Uh, no! Goldeneye Rogue Agent is also pretty good. He's totally <laughs> right. He really, really is right. Like, of course, the sequel is the better game, but Goldeneye will be the one that's remembered because it's the first real console shooter for multiplayer that, like, can you guys think of another multiplayer shooter before that? I mean, there wasn't one. Not on consoles. Doom and Wolfenstein, that's it. That's it. Well, they weren't, I mean, multiplayer. Well, I mean, we'll have to play they around on the first-person shooters. They were uh, just <laughs> Alien versus Predator on the Jaguar. <laughs> True. That was really good, though. That, no, was that, the, was, that was the one good game on the console. And that was very good, but like nobody played it, you know? So it's like, I guess Goldeneye got all the credit for that one, you know? And then Perfect Dark, yeah. Didn't Unreal Tournament? No, that was later. That was after also. Unreal. Yeah, it was mostly just PC. Well, yeah, uh, Unreal Tournament was around at that time. Um, but yeah, Quake 3 Arena on Dreamcast was pretty good. Yeah, so all these games came out after. Like, yeah, Quake, I can't Unreal think of anything. And... Bef- what did GoldenEye come out in 1998? 97. Doom came out in 92. So Doom came well, out. Well, I'm thinking of console first-person shooters and nothing. Yeah, GoldenEye. GoldenEye established it. GoldenEye was also the first shooter game to have different body parts that do different amounts of damage. So if you aim for the head, it kills. If you aim for the arm, it fatally wounds. If you aim for, like, the heart, it kills, you know? If you get the golden gun, uh, it kills. It kills all the time. Every time. (laughs) Well, that's because of Roger Moore, James Bond's favorite, or best movie, Man with the Golden Gun. Gun. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess, I guess what I was so trying to really get at is Go, uh, GoldenEye is back then what Call of Duty is today. I mean, that whole yeah. Bond franchise, those rare shooters uh, by Rare. I would argue Nightfire is the best 007 game. I loved game. Nightfire. That was such a good game. I would say Nightfire is the best one. Nightfire? It's, yeah. it's debatable, but I'd say Nightfire is a very good game. You very say it's debatable. I say it's debatable. <laughs> I say it's no but, contest. But I do agree that, that 007 is probably well, the one that the most well-known, the one that comes to most people's minds. Oh, you know what? GamerFum just commented, I can't believe I'm so stupid to have forgotten about this game. Turok. Turok came first. That's true. But it wasn't Turok. multiplayer. Yeah, it was. The first was one? Turok multiplayer? No, Turok 2 was multiplayer. Turok 2 was multiplayer. Did, Didn't that come out in 98 or 99? You know what? You're right. Turok 1 came out first as a shooter. But Turok 2 came out after GoldenEye. So GoldenEye was the first multiplayer shooter on consoles. And I think Turok 1 was the first really <laughs> good first-person shooter on a console. That was like established as that. Yeah, okay. and that, I think that's why we remember, remember GoldenEye more than Worlds are Not Enough or any, any of the other shooters thereafter is because it really set the, the bar and it set it high back then. You know what's a really good shooter on the N64? South Park. No, joking. Uh, Conquer's <laughs> throwing, throwing snowballs at turkeys in first person. Best game ever. <laughs> well, wasn't one of the Siphon Filter games multiplayer? But that was that's third person. No, that's a third person shooter. I remember the one first you're, 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 you're distinguishing first person as a, as a, on its own. This was the only first person shooter I actually played on the PS One. It's codenamed Tenka. Uh, I didn't like this game. <laughs> it looks really bad. <laughs> I, like the re- way, I like the way his foot just sort of like stands atop uh, the, the top that of the even, Is that even really yeah. kids adult? Or, or like just the PG <laughs> image of an explosion they just grabbed off the internet and then cut and paste into the background. That, that is What's the so rating bad. on Tanka? 
Rated M for mature. Oh, animated violence, animated blood and gore. They ripped you know off what the, the fucking cover? I guess so. it reminds me a bit of Halo. Funny enough, because like you're in this, you're in these dark areas, and aliens are coming at you, and you got these futuristic guns. And I'm like, okay, this is like Halo, but crappy. And from 1998, I think. Old Halo, but bad. 97. Yeah. But yeah, like that's that's the only FPS I've ever played on a PlayStation One console. Speaking of first-person shooters, the game Prey came out. Oh yeah, and that's it is like a- it it is getting preyed upon by by reviewers as being very very average and bad. <laughs> yeah, IGN <laughs> gave it a four at first before that everybody got mad and. They had to change the review to an eight or something. Yeah, it's what? so it's so ridiculous. Oh yeah, there's so much there's so much controversy because any any reviewer originally came out with bad reviews, and then seemingly within hours, I guess they got a phone call saying no. <laughs> well, so here's give it an eight <laughs> with with prey. I remember keeping up with that on Twitter. The guy who posted the article for them with the four. Um, he got, I think, like forty hours into the game. He got pretty far into the game without Only completing. Forty hours. <laughs> I mean, he played a lot of the game. Yeah, and then it became completely unplayable because of some bug that ruined his save file. And so he got a new save from the company that made it, um, and then that one broke also. So, like, after a certain point, he physically could not play anymore. And that was why he originally gave it the four. And so I think... It's releasing a broken game. Yeah, it's releasing a broken game. And a lot of people freaked out because, oh, God, you gave the game a four. When it stops being playable. One of the things, too, is, like, in PC gaming, it's kind of like, we all play consoles and we expect to put our game in and it work, right? PC gaming is a little bit different, especially because you got to work around for this graphics card or work around for this or work around for that. There's a workaround for everything. And I just don't think that guy had the, the patience, I mean, to to really figure out what was it. Is it the game or is it his PC? Because uh majority of Twitch streamers weren't having a problem. Why was this guy having a problem? That that, that I think that was the bigger issue. There. The average the average score worldwide is about a five out of ten. And the. The common opinion is it's a stagnant average game. It wants to be it wants to be Dead Space. It wants to it wants to do what Zelda did, except you can't actually. It's not actually um, uh, free world roaming because yeah. every every door's locked. It wants to be sy- System Shock. It wants to be Bioshock, but it can't be anything. It's just average. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Rad, I, I noticed in the chat you put, uh, anyone heard of Escape from Monster Manor? What is that game? I haven't heard of it. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's, I remember it being maybe one of the first, first person shooters I ever played. It was for the 3DO. You're probably talking about maybe back in 94, the infancy of that, you know, 32 bit era. Uh, but I mean, it was pretty or good. 3DO. Uh, a Panasonic reel. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I mean, either way, it was made by Electronic Arts. I'm not sure if y'all were familiar with it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good game. And I tried that game well before the GoldenEye era. Uh, another one very similar was Killing Time. That one was a little bit more mainstream and popular. I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with it. 
but it debuted on the 3DO as well. I want to say it was released probably on the PlayStation 1 or Sega Saturn a little bit later, but uh, pretty interesting games. And I want to say those might have contributed uh, to the innovation of first-person shooters being introduced to, you know, the console market. As we know, we already had, you know, games like Doom and whatnot on PC and stuff. So it was just a different time. Unfortunately, I don't. And I only knew one person that had this, and this was my <laughs> uncle. That's how I experienced Escape from Monster Manor and Killing Time. So, Was Monster Manor stranded there on the 3DO as well? I'm sorry? Was Monster Manor stranded on the 3DO as well? Uh, yeah, I believe it was only exclusive. I don't, I'm not sure if it was released anywhere else after that. Uh, Hidden Gem. Battle Tanks. Obscure. You know who yeah. actually does have a 3DO? Dragon Dude. I bet which he doesn't play it. Which, which one does he have? <laughs> I can't um, remember. But he, bought it, he got it for like 20 bucks of a bunch of games. I'm like, where did you get a 3DO for 20 bucks? Like, <laughs> where are you finding these deals? Like, So we got a comment in the YouTube. Uh, At chat. least it's not a CDI. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Great. It's yeah. not even worth having. <laughs> so, um, we, got a, we got a comment. Um, I'm going to call it a game, Jet Force Gemini. That's a great game on the N64. That's a third-person shooter, but... J.D., come on. (laughs) That game is bad. It's not bad. It's terrible. It's no good. What do you mean it's no good? It's no good. Never never have I seen a game... controls are impossible. (laughs) Never have I seen a game so divisive as Jet Force Gemini. There are so many people who absolutely love that game... And then there's some people who absolutely hate that game. I mean, you know, if they like the challenge of terrible controls, go for it. And then with Jimmy, terrible controls. Have you seen an N64 controller? Come on, all the games. Yeah, it's a terrible that. controller with terrible <laughs> controls. You can't. It, it, you it know what? Just to do both, JD. I'll have to side with you. The controls are terrible on Jet Force Gemini. But what I will say is, it's very ahead of its time in the fact that you can switch from first person to third person on the fly. It's one of those original games that you can click. Not really clicking the thumbstick, but you can mm-hmm. swap between. I think even you on the, uh, the original. <laughs> yeah, I, on, no, uh, I, I, I don't remember it switching on the fly manually. I remember it automatic. Anytime you, sh- anytime you, sh- you proceeded to shoot, it went into first person, and then when you'd stop shooting, it'd go into third person. You know what? I think you're right. I think you think you're right on this one. But yeah, I, yeah, like Jet Force Gemini. Fairly certain that was the case. Honestly, I tried to like Jet Force Gemini. I know people love the game. That's why I try not to say anything terrible about it. But I didn't have fun with it. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah, it has quite the cult following. Yeah, it does. Like- I mean, it has its charm. There's no denying it. Yeah. Well, I, I remember even in uh, <laughs> even in Rare Replay, they they did a patch to actually fix the game. Like the controls. That's what I was just gonna bring up. Uh, they, they kind of integrated like a modern control scheme, right? You can switch back and forth. I think. <laughs> yeah, because because in Rare Replay you can play all the classic games and whatnot that Rare made, and Jet Force Gemini is there, but like the controls are so terrible, people were getting mad. Because... Would you say Rare Replay is the best game on the Xbox One? No, I would. No. <laughs> Isn't it the only game on the Xbox One? Oh, you <laughs> might be onto something there. Ooh. I can't wait to I can't wait to see what backwards game Xbox is going to come out with at E3. Come play this oh. game that already came out. <laughs> oh, okay, you know what? I, I oh, am looking forward to. Uh, I am really looking forward to a uh, uh, PC and Xbox One exclusive, though. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Sea of Thieves. 
What was the? Uh, oh, yeah. I've got high hopes for that one, man. I've got high hopes but, for that one. Me too. You know, but I, I'm keeping my expectations kind of somewhere in the middle. You know, like I never put my expectations way too high in a game. The you don't want to because. The last time I did that was a ukulele, and I was... Oh, you poor you poor guy. I'm so, I'm so sorry about that game, too. Was that really a disappointment? Yeah. Uh, what was. about for maybe an eight-year-old? I was thinking of picking that up for my little girl for her PlayStation oh, no, 4. Fine. Yeah, it's no, good. No, an, an eight-year-old will like it, but here's the thing. like The controls were abysmal, and... Here's the thing. Like, a lot of people, in, in people's defenses, they were saying, well, have you played the N64 version of Banjo? Those controls were terrible. I'm like, yeah, but they, they worked. Like, you could actually... <laughs> they yeah. worked. Like, you, you could, could actually, play the game. <laughs> like, you, if you press the C button, the camera will adjust and it would work. But the joystick, the camera gets stuck in the obstacles in the world. Like, so you'll be, like, in a cave and some shit, <laughs> and you're trying to, like, see what's beside you, but you can't because the camera hits the wall. Oh, that's you know? fucking the wall. And then I get, see, like, angry, and I'm like, I want to throw the game out in the garbage. See, but with I games can't. like that, they're fun to play with friends drinking because you're just like, what happened? <laughs> well, also in ukulele, there are a lot of weird bugs. Like, like there's one where you can fly the helicopter through uh, part of the map where the casino just doesn't spawn walls. That sounds amazing. Like, but it's <laughs> it's really easy to do, potentially yes. on accident. <laughs> so, and, again, yeah. Another, again, another game that really kind of got hyped up and got high hopes for that just kind of didn't deliver? No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, take that PlayStation, JD. You know what's <laughs> sad? Look, look. You know what's they, sad they, is I couldn't find a uh, physical copy, so uh, I bought. You know, I was like, okay, so I bought the download digital copy. So now I'm stuck with the damn thing. <laughs> Didn't we get to trade oh, it in? Oh, you know what? What can you do? But here's uh, what I cry a little. A game came out uh, last week. We re-released. It was original Xbox exclusive game called Phantom Dust. Now, this game sold fairly well in Japan, as it was promoted heavily in Japan, but it was not promoted heavily in America. It was, it was like a multiplayer kind of. Um, how would you describe it? It's like an action, action multiplayer card game, game, right? Yeah, it's like an action card game, right? So, um, and it was. It's a lot of fun, like. And it's like one of the cult classics of the original Xbox, but not many people played it. So, because the original Xbox server shut down, they relaunched it on the Xbox One, and then they brushed it out with some HD textures, and they rebrought back all the servers, and they gave it to free for free to all the PC and Xbox One owners. So people are playing it now and having a good time. Oh, wow. I didn't download it then. Yeah, that but they didn't do the HD touch up. They really didn't do anything with it. They just released the original. No, no, they, they said they were going to do AC Touch-Up, and they didn't do it. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it looks okay. I mean, it, it's playable. You can see what it is, and it's, like, widescreen, so it's, like, whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's the original game. So, for those that never played it, and for those that couldn't find it, because it is pretty hard to find that game, so now you can. But yeah, yeah like that, was, that was on Xbox's uh, feed. It's like the second biggest news that's come out this month for Xbox. Yeah, well, next to the the Hot Wheels Forza DLC that's going to come out. But I, I believe <laughs> is that a real wait? Yes, that's a real thing. thing that's happening. Hot Wheels is... cars for Forza. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But I believe I was yeah. trying to do VR. Forza <laughs> Xbox got Hot Wheels. <laughs> I believe the start the Stardust though it was supposed to get like an HD re-release, and then it was supposed to get 
another game like in production or being announced around it too. Are you and talking about I, Phantom Dust? Yeah, Phantom Dust. Yeah. yeah. So here's what happened. Uh, I think me and JD talked about this in a previous episode, but here's what happened. There was supposed to be a complete remake for Phantom mm-hmm. Dust, and it, they did the trailer, and it looked gorgeous, right? But here's the thing. The team was asking Microsoft for way, way too much money. And they're like, talk okay. About this. Yeah. And, and they were just like, okay, um, look, you guys are asking for a lot of money. And they every week they'd be asking, okay, another 20 mil, another 20 mil, another 20 mil. Like, okay, how much money do you need for Phantom Dust? Okay, like, just make the fucking game. All of the money. <laughs> let, me ask you guys, let me ask you guys a question because, and I'm not trying to say PS4 or Xbox One. I'm not trying to get that, like, yeah, are stupid, but yeah, I think so. Okay, I think I'll do it for really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. This guy. But, no, but for real, like, how much money is too much money? Because Xbox canceled. Okay, so they canceled the remake for Phantom Dust, right? They canceled. Yeah, that, was, that was the first game they canceled. Right. Phantom they canceled. Dust. They canceled Scalebound. They canceled. Yes. Uh, uh, there, there, there was another one that they canceled too. Fable uh, Legend. The legends. Hey, the legend. yeah. They closed down that studio, and it's because they're bleeding money, and all like these people are asking for too much money. I mean, do they okay, need no. some of that Sony money or something. I don't. I I think it's different circumstances for each game. Uh, Phantom Dust. They were asking for an obscene amount of money for a game that's relatively simple to develop for. Fable of Legends, they were burning way too many assets into a game that wasn't really fun. People weren't having fun at the game, and the game wasn't working out. Also, the Fable series has been dying, and people just wanted a regular Fable game, but people weren't really interested in it. People legit weren't interested in Fable Legends. As an Xbox fan, I could tell you that. Most people weren't interested in the game. They just wanted a traditional Fable game or something different. Scalebound, on the other hand, wasn't looking so hot, but people really were excited and intrigued to play it. Mm-hmm. However, there were many bugs and messes with the game. A lot of issues. People were kind of, they were kind of developing above and beyond what the system could handle at the time. So what resulted in was a glitchy, buggy mess. If that game came out, it would have been a disaster so for there, Xbox. A bit of news that did come out is the is the rumors that upon the release of the Scorpio, their scalebound is going to be uh, put in redevelopment. I heard about that. They renewed the licensing rights for the name Scalebound, so. I think it might actually come out. Well, uh, another rumor that I've heard around Scalebound also is that Platinum is thinking about doing it on their own and making it a multi-plat game. (laughs) Xbox pulled the funding. So what Platinum does is they go buy the IP from Xbox since they're not going to use it and then release it multi-plat. Kind of like what what was that PS4 game that was supposed to be exclusive that released multi-plat? Rhyme? Rhyme. It was Run supposed to be a PS4. Yeah. Oh yeah, now it's coming out on the Switch as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it mean, doesn't. It doesn't look in it look like anything special, unfortunately. I mean, the well, gaming industry is a shaky business. You know, so many things can go wrong and so many things can go right, but at the same time, you never know what the future holds. You know, and we'll have to well, wait and see. I hope. I hope Xbox has something good to show at E3 because I mean, if <laughs> Halo, Gears, Crackdown, State of Decay. These aren't system seller games anymore. Yeah, and I 100% agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. You know, as a gamer, I want all the systems to succeed. I look forward to watching all the panels, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. I get excited about this kind of stuff. Last year when I watched the PlayStation conference, I got so excited when I saw Crash Bandicoot appear. 
I got so yeah. excited. I, I did too. I was a fan of those. July. Wife, I think my wife's more excited than me. July. <laughs> that is a game with an interesting development process. As far as like the trilogy, the um, from what I recall, there was a lot of like, I like like detailing as far as like character models and the vision of what the world looks like, lighting and shading and stuff like that, that got changed after screenshots were released and people were like making a huff about it. Oh, they're just haters. <laughs> they're just people that are hating on Jinder Mahal. Same people. We got, we got a funny comment uh, from Spike Martinez. I tried playing Fable once. My in-game dad kept saying that he was disappointed in me, so I turned it off. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody wants reality to come into. <laughs> nobody wants their game to come to reality. Well, I had a lot of fun playing Fable, and the thing is, like with Fable, is you can um, you can get married in the game and have kids and whatnot, but. It's got like some really funny British comedy in the game. So what happens is you could actually have more than one wife in the game. So what happened was I had a wife in every town in the main game. And what happened was all the different wives found out about it. And then they all confronted me in the main city. They're like, hey! And they all have their little kids running around yelling dad. Oh, God. <laughs> this is why I play Earthbound. I can have fun. strong with my father. You know, I had that problem in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas one time. Ended in a drive-by shooting. It was terrible. <laughs> see, you're not wanting your life to come into gaming. That, that's why I don't play the Wii Fit, because eh? Nintendo called me fat and old. Yeah, well, the BMI, the using BMI... It's just telling you to get fit. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I, I fit in clothes. Speaking, speaking of fit, have you guys seen videos of people playing Farpoint? What's our point? So it's 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 the new uh, it's the first first person shooter virtual reality game where you're actually in the world. Been kind of okay. hyped for it. It's oh okay, yeah, it's gotten okay reviews saying it's kind of at its bare bones. It's more or less a standard shooter, but for the people playing the VR, it's really you know immersive and the cool. and the controller is a game changer because it feels like you're going around holding the gun. Uh, but there's videos of people like turning really hard and slapping their friend. Uh, uh, there's one of like a, a, a dad in, I think he was from like California, uh, freaking out of an alien coming at him. He just throws the controller at it and it just no. like, hits the wall and he takes, takes the visor off. He's like, Oh, oops. The weed has returned. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, it's all in that. It's, it's pretty funny. Next thing you know, the in the, the face of the Wii mode before. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 like all the jokes of the Wii. I have I have because first it was the Resident Evil freakouts of just ah people being scared, but this one's actually like people chucking the whole gun. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hilarious. I mean, they could put a a wrist strap on that. In well, is, yeah, that's there? the problem. There's no there's no wrist strap on the the uh, the rifle. Well, wrist straps are really not going to help you. I mean, if you're turning and you're hitting with your hand, with the gun in your hand. Still... <laughs> yeah, but like... I'm that with the Wiimote. But like for tennis. somebody throwing it across the room, though, there's a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're throwing that whole gun piece just <laughs> with the with the moat inside. It's pretty funny. Also, you know, in a I, shooting I don't know about scenario... You, but if I was in danger, I don't think I'd be throwing away my weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I can't remember if they like ran out of ammo in the game, then their last resort was like Arnold Schwarzenegger or some cr- stupid things like, take that, alien! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
I don't know. Yeah. I've never, I've never run out of ammo. Yeah. Well, I've never played. Americans don't run out of ammo. What is this shit? <laughs> I've never played uh, PlayStation VR know. either, so I have no idea like what that experience is like. It's crazy. Yeah, I've tried some VR. It's pretty. I don't have it, but I've tried it. It's pretty neat. So it's... JD, I've been meaning to ask you. There's a game that you bought not too long ago. When when I was near you, like we both went to the game shop. You bought Drake of the Ninety Nine Dragons. Us. Have you played the yes. game yet? I have not. I've been saving it for a special occasion. And what occasion is that, my friend? I don't know. Would you come over or Ratatron? I don't know. All right, that'd be funny. Because I've been watching, like, uh, Let's Plays of that game, and I'm like, oh, God. Poor, I can't believe I got JD to buy this. I feel like Wait, a bad we, we all got to get together <laughs> and some drinks and just record, like, ten episodes of it. Just like, all right, we got ten videos of this. <laughs> I'm not sure. Have you guys heard of this game, Drake of the 99 Dragons? I have not. I have not. Tell me more. Okay. So, okay, well, it, it, I'll tell my Xbox getting story, and it leads up to that. Because okay, I'm, I'm an Xbox hater. For sure. Yeah, no shit. No shit. <laughs> I don't know if I made that clear. It's become so apparent every episode you're on. <laughs> I have an equal opportunity gamer lover. I, I love all the consoles. So yeah, I'm with microbrew on that. Growing up, I had a PS2, and everyone's like, oh, Halo, Xbox. And I go, okay, if you like one game, that's fine. But Guys, too much. All right, go ahead, JD. When I was living in Louisiana, and I was just about to move to Canada, I go, you know what? The, the local game the local retro game store there's having a big sale on on everything Xbox because Xbox owners don't like all the <laughs> games so they had buy one get one free or buy one no it was buy one no buy two get one half off plus one free it was some weird deal like that so the Xbox was forty dollars and then I got essentially fifteen games and it all came out to about eighty bucks with an extra controller and here so I thought now, I'd never have to use math. so now cut to living in canada meet this guy here and he goes have you played break of the 99 dragons well i just so happen to have an xbox now how much is this piece of crap (laughs) he's like well it's probably overpriced it's really rare like what five dollars here you go five dollars well all right let's just check the change in my pocket (laughs) that's a good bargain right there (laughs) it's very rare but you'll never find it for more than five bucks because nobody wants it. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it's kind of fun to kind of just like watching a really bad B-rated movie. Sometimes it's fun. It's so bad. So, you know. so I'm in the I'm in the store looking up videos of this game and a little bit of reviews. And there's a video of the dude spamming the shoot button. It's just the the body model's not going anywhere, but the arms flailing around like this, <laughs> left and right, up and down, and the, <laughs> the bullets are just going everywhere. Oh yeah. man. That's Drake of the Night. So essentially the story is the company that was making Drake of the 99 Dragons marketed the game to be a TV show, a comic book, a line of action figures. It was supposed to be huge. It was going to be the next um, Earthworm Jim. Yeah, it was, it was supposed to be a huge game. But here's the thing. The game is so terrible. Um, the animation for the guy's like face is terrible. Like He never closes his mouth. He's always like... <laughs> like every scene he's in. And you can tell they were just trying to rip off the Matrix because, like, I think it came out the same year as Matrix Reloaded, and and like he has like this long black trench coat, and he's got the two, dual pistols, and like wearing all black and whatnot, and slow motion and bullet time and all that stuff. Uh, I'm like, okay, they're ripping off the Matrix. <laughs> okay, since we're since the topic kind of sort of is collecting, 
What is the yeah. worst game in your collections? <laughs> like, what is the, the absolute bottom of the barrel for, like... This game, Robo Demons for the NES. Absolute worst game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> Terrible. I, or, actually, let me contest to that. Billy the Wizard for the Nintendo Wii. <laughs> oh, good. Let me let me go back really quick. Um, it's a toss for me. It's a toss until I play Drake of the Ninety Nine Dragons. It's Billy the Wizard. Yeah, that game is atrocious. <laughs> I hate. I hate it. I never want to play it again. It was even given to me. I didn't even want it. It was. Oh, yeah. It was like. It was like a. It was like Satan spawn. Was here? You must raise this child now. <laughs> a curse. <laughs> I don't really have like, I, I don't the rest of your games. If I don't really yeah. like them, I don't really like collect like just everything just to complete. So I don't have many like terrible games. The only thing I have that's probably bad games that I have are basically for the kids, or just like the Sesame Streets and the Cookie Monsters and that type of crap. Yeah, but other I get, than that, like yeah. if, if the game is terrible, I'll, I'll I'll get rid of it if it's that bad. Yeah, I get a kick out of them. I've got, I've got Shaq Fu. I got Billy the Wizard though. I got Shaq Fu also. Shaq Fu. I've got Yo Noid. Uh, that game's actually playable. Yeah, it is. It's just and you get to beat the Domino's mascot. I mean, come on. Yeah, but the pizza, the pizza counting mini games where you have to choose like the proper number pizza. Excuse me, that's the boss battle. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I don't like it. It's five. just five is bigger than four. You win. Oh, you're so good at games. Yeah, it's just trying to pick which one is. Anyways, the worst I think in my collection probably, and mostly it's it's just the the models and the the look of it. The gameplay is okay ish. Zoo Cube for the GameCube. What? That looks pretty bad. That <laughs> game for the GameCube. Is that a monkey on a yield sign? <laughs> it's on a. It's not a yield sign. It's a puzzle. Puzzled sign. Oh, oh even better when you're driving. How about so, this game? This beautiful oh, monstrosity God. right uh, here. That is awful. <laughs> I, I remember the uh, angry video game nerd doing an episode on that. He's oh, yeah. like well, three on it. Mine's actually yeah. like signed by the nerd right here. It's like autographed. Oh, that's awesome. I actually bought it for the sole person. If I ever one day met the nerd, I'd be like, here's my box copy of... He's like, you bought this? I recently just played this game. So the next one you got to get signed by him is Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the Atari. Oh, no. how, mu- how much did you pay for that one? I didn't pay for it. A friend of mine has one. He, he's a big Atari guy, and he has one. It's like a three hundred dollar game. Yeah, I was gonna say, how did you get that? Uh, we hooked up. The, we hooked up his Atari, and uh, it's just like, what is this? And he goes, "Oh, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre." Oh, I just happened to be doing a podcast on it. Bring it up. Bring it up. So we're playing this, and there's this like pitch in the game every like ten seconds. Beep. Like I can't. I can't. I can't. Why? How much is this game? What is this? To, is it just to fix my ears from bleeding? <laughs> oh yeah, man, that's the next one. Three hundred dollar Atari game, just for you. <laughs> oh man, my my yeah. friend bought a copy of Superman sixty four at Portland Retro Gaming Expo for five bucks, and then he then 
He got it signed by the normal boots guys. So he got it signed by Gerard, oh, cool. of course. Um, but he got it like signed by Pro Jared and all that. And he had me bring it to Magfest a couple years ago so that I could get it signed by Grant Kirkhope. Mm. Even though it's actually an actual, an actual worthwhile signature. <laughs> yeah. So I I had to be the one to walk up to Grant Kirkhope holding a Superman 64 cartridge that he didn't even do the music for. With the game of shame, right? And set it in front of him. <laughs> and it was, and it was the most Kirkhope. uncomfortable experience of my life. I bet you died. Because he's just like silently judging me as he slowly realizes what I placed in front of him. Yes, sign this game. If you would have done the music for this, maybe it would have been palatable. And then I moved one seat over to have it signed by Alexander Barton because he was also there. All right, I got another bad game for you guys. Taboo the Sixth Sense for the NES. It's not, not even a game. game. It's, it's, it's like That's a bad fortune. It's not even a game. It's just like, what do you do? Hey, good luck today. So, uh, I... You know, this was like one of the games I used to troll people with. Uh, before Billy the Wizard, I trolled Rare with this game. Type of <laughs> sense. Because um, uh, they did a Rare replay, right? And Rare made this game. Like This yeah. is a game made by Rare. So what I did was I was trolling them on uh, on uh, Twitter because they had Rare replay. And there was rumors coming out that they would have DLC for the game, like extra games that add to the, to the main thing, right? So I'm yeah. like... Bring Taboo the Sixth Sense to Rare Replay as DLC, and I would like tag Grant Kirko, and he'd be like, "Yes, confirmed." I, I you know, you know, like he was, you know, Grant Kirko was like helping me out, like he was helping me troll Rare. <laughs> That's really good. I'm like, That's who's the tarot, Roger Rabbit? That's the Tarrant card game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, like me and Grant Kirkhope were like teaming up to like try and get Rare to put this on. I mean, it's, it's almost not even a game. It's just—it's it's not a game. It's, it's just, just like a, a shitty error reading. It's like <laughs> your game are you an Aquarius? Are, are you an Aquarius? Were you born in the eighties? What's yeah, your birthday? Good luck in nineteen ninety one. numbers. Like, game over. It's like here's your fortune. It's like I could have just got a fucking cookie. It's like a less eventful seaman. <laughs> like it takes all of your information and then just like plops out of. You know, I wonder how much that game cost in price though back in the day. Have Which you played one this that? one? Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> no, you but have, I just have all the worst games on the NES for fun. <laughs> yeah, I love bad games, man. They're so much fun. You need to get some bad Master System games next. Start collecting cards. <laughs> I don't he's going for a complete games. collection, but he's only got the bad ones now. So, <laughs> well, I like the I like the bad ones and the very good ones. That's the one I like. You know, that's what I yeah. like about. Well, and bad ones can be fun to troll your friends with. Hey, dude, check this out. That's <laughs> the coolest. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. I mean, guys, I got, I, got the perfect Friday, I got the perfect Friday night planned. We're gonna get a bunch of Domino's pizza. We're gonna get someone dressed up like the Noid, and we're gonna play Yo Noid. <laughs> All right, worst game on the NES. Just came out. <laughs> The Wisdom Tree Collection. Oh yeah, boy! Has all the has every single Bible game ever released on the NES on one cart, and they're all terrible. I have do a Kickstarter for that. Yeah, that's that's where I got this from. That's right. Did you track track that down by smell alone? (laughs) Well, I actually had the guy responsible for this game on the podcast, so we actually talked about it for a while. 
<laughs> it was funny because like I was like, guys, guys, we can't let's since he's like the leader of like a religious Bible company, you know, perhaps not swear, not call his game shit, and yeah, try not to be offensive. The first thing he does when he comes on the show is Yeah, our games are kind of bad, so I'm like <laughs> <laughs> like he admits it. <laughs> he flat out admits it. Like his Why games would are he bad. not admit it? That's like saying you wrote something that's three sentences and you're like, it's it's a novel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I have played because I have a copy of Spiritual Warfare and Joshua and the Great Wall on Game Boy. Oh, on the Game and Boy. On the Game Boy, yeah. And Isn't the those... sequel to Joshua Tree by you two. I uh, I wish because maybe it would be <laughs> a tiny bit better. Uh, but I, I went it, for a reach there on a joke. <laughs> it uh, it's I'm actually it's I actually I actually kind of like spiritual warfare. That's like the one wisdom tree game I actually somewhat enjoy. Well, because it's, it's the only <laughs> one that's like an original plot. Well, know? no, it's Zelda. It's it's yeah. it's fucking Zelda. It's it's Zelda. <laughs> they just it's, reskin it to be Bibles. Zelda with you throw fruit at people and you fight demons. Yeah, you gotta convert people. That's the whole point of the game. And then you if answer I throw, the if Bible I start questions. throwing fruit at people, cut me off. I'm way too damn drunk, and I'm probably gonna get kicked out of the grocery store. Well, but it's it's fruit of the spirit. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know the difference. I'd be throwing damn coconuts. <laughs> I think you oh, start God. out with like grapes, and then you yeah. upgrade. Yeah, yeah you do. And hey, these don't hurt you. Let me upgrade to an apple. This still doesn't hurt you. <laughs> yeah, I think probably the worst game ever. That has to go to Big Rigs. Oh, I don't. Just the worst game ever, Big Rigs. Off, just because it's not. It's oh, I guess it is kind of fun because you can cause glitches and whatnot. But it's just so bad that is that the only like the saving grace of it is that glitches you cause. Yeah, that's it. Like, oh, cool. Look what I did. I broke everything. Or Desert Bus. But Desert Bus is kind of a, a troll game anyway, so... Yeah, well, I mean, it the, literally uh, like, was a Penn and Teller works, troll It works game. as a joke, you know? Like, it's supposed to be a prank. Like, hey, JD, play this game. Have fun. And then you well, leave. And- I think... <laughs> I want to say Penn and Teller made it for the sake of showing as a joke it is. towards it is a joke. The, well, I mean, like, toward, specifically towards the legislature that was trying to be pushed at that time about violence in games. Um... Yeah, it was about uh, trying to be as realistic as possible because g- games that were too realistic would be boring. I think that was uh, the joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but talking about played- bad games, uh, you know, modern gaming's actually heading towards that, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting too realistic. Uh, I'm already there with Euro <laughs> Simulator. Simulator. Yeah, well, I mean, Goat Desert Simulator. Bus Goat Simulator. So ahead of its <laughs> Well, yeah, Desert Bus, like, it was shit in 1995, but it's insanely ahead of its time. Like, all those yeah. games now are Desert Bus. <laughs> like, what the stuff that you see on Steam? Railroad Simulator, Grass Growing Simulator. Hey, like, train, si- train Simulator is, like, the top game in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it I mean, is. You know what? You know, what I bl- you know who I blame for all these, like, you know, Grass Grow Simulators, This Grow Simulators? The legalization of weed, man. Everybody's just sitting there like, grass is growing, man. Sons well, like, bitches. July 1st, I remember, 2018, like, Canada. I remember, like, Larry Herb from uh, Xbox, like, every week he does this, like, gaming news thing, like, he'll just talk about the new releases, and you can tell he's, like, 
a corporate suit pretending to be a gamer, you can tell he's that, right? So he's just like, today we have some exciting games being released. We have Grass Simulator being released. And he's like, he's just, <laughs> just like so excited. I'm like, you think this is stupid? Just like, <laughs> like, like you can tell the fake excitement in his face. Like those yeah, guys are the farming you know, simulator. They're abusing <laughs> prescription medication. Be that happy. There's I hate my job. I hate my job. The closest I can get to simulator games that are not jokes um, is probably Chibi Robo, and that's only because of the house cleaning. Like that's. <laughs> As that's my line is Chibi Robo, I think. Just because of this game, you guys want to see the greatest game of all time? This beautiful masterpiece, oh. Ride to Hell Retribution. <laughs> it's straight from you hell. Should all play it <laughs> straight from hell. No, I've I've seen stuff on that. I, I will not touch that. <laughs> I'll stay safely over here. It's with, with honestly my whiskey. <laughs> It's the it's the room of video games. That's basically it. It's the room. <laughs> you made it into a video game, and it was all about bikers, and that's it. <laughs> but speaking of bad games and of boring simulation games, I, I hate boring simulation games because I lost a Game Boy due to uh, boring simulation games, believe it or not. My dad took up my Game Boy for bass pro fishing, so... As I didn't get to play oh, I have it. I have it too. <laughs> I, I still I have had, it. My uh, dad traded the PS2 with what were the games I played a lot? I played Spider-Man 2 quite a bit. That's a great uh, game. Worst one with a Marvel character for sure. Go on. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so he uh, and I still I still have the pizza song stuck in my head. Um but he, <laughs> how did it go again? No, but he traded it for an air conditioner. That not not only did he trade it for an air conditioner, but he traded it for an air conditioner that broke within a week. <laughs> oh, that sucks. That sucks. Let me guess. What, what, you're sucks. an air conditioner. He's like, it's really <laughs> hot out. We have an Xbox. Might as well trade the PS2 for it. And he, yeah, he traded it for an air conditioner that broke in a week. And I was devastated because I couldn't play Spider-Man 2 anymore. Did you ever pick it up again? Um, you know, there we do have a PS2 here, but I haven't actually taken the time to buy it yet. Uh, it's it is one of the cheapest games. It is a very yeah. cheap game, though. You can get it for. Yeah, easy, definitely. It's oh. it's my roommate's PS2 anyway, so like, that's why I've been a little hesitant. Came out. I was stationed over. Uh-huh. At the hood then Spider-Man I was in Texas. Woo! <laughs> so good. Oh man! If you want to play? If you want to play an underrated Spider-Man game, you should try uh, this one, Ultimate Spider-Man. This game is so good. What do you, you guys think Spider-Man about the game? Uh, I really liked. I liked uh, Maximum Carnage on the Super. Hell game. yeah! That was that the best was one. That was awesome. There, there was one that released for the original PlayStation, right? Oh yes, I know the one. It's just called Spider Man. That's it, it, right? I think so. It has like a bunch of yes. It is. It's just, just called Spider Man, and it's so good. It's one of the best superhero games of all time. Yeah, and it was released for PS One, the Dreamcast, and the N sixty four. 
And it's too good. It's really, really good, that game. Uh, and there's a sequel, Enter Electro, which isn't the best game, but the first one is very, very good. I recommend it to all of you. Um, and it's it's relatively cheap, too. Like, you can find it in most game shops. It's common. Like, it's a pretty good seller. And is there a defining platform it's on, or it's pretty much good across the board? It's pretty good across the board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... I think the only thing that kind of sucks about that game is since it was such an early 3D game, it's not open city. Like it's, um, you get this thing called the Spidey Compass, and he kind of like points to you know, where to go, and you're like, okay, I know what direction to go. And um, it's very loyal to the comic books. It has its own story, and it has the most horrifying final boss in video games ever. Like straight out of a horror film. Put it that way. Like it is traumatizing let me look that one back up because it's been it's been a long i used to play this game all the time at my grandparents yeah, house the final boss monster Ock. what do you guys think I, about that uh oh jesus the insomniac game oh my god yes i remember this yeah it's terrifying right that is awful <laughs> Let the me, sc- scariest let me boss in video game history and the original Spider-Man game on PS1, Monster Oct. They fused Dr. Octopus of Carnage and it resulted in the most terrifying boss I've ever seen in a game. <laughs> and he's chasing you and you gotta like run and you're like in a tunnel. And he's like twice your speed. And the I'm controller the walls and everything. And like when he catches you, you see him like ripping you apart and stuff. And like the volume of the TV goes like way high and like I was like eight when I played it. I'm like, ah! <laughs> just like. <laughs> yeah. It actually made me afraid to turn on my PlayStation. Put it that way. It was that <laughs> scary. Hilarious. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. That, that is pretty damn hideous. <laughs> I mean, What's even this? for PlayStation days, like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's pretty awful. You guys have a good night. Sorry, I gotta sign off. I gotta get up at like All 4 a.m. Right. for work, so. No worries. And I think the podcast has almost come to a close anyway. So I do have I do have some news that that happened uh, just this week. Okay. What yes. is it? Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the old uh, computer system, the ZX Spectrum. ZX, the ZX yeah. Spectrum. The uh, the kickst- there was a Kickstarter for the ZX Spectrum Next out of the UK. Yes. Uh, it had a pledge goal of 250,000 pounds. It reached uh, 750,000 pounds. The ZX Spectrum Next is fully funded, and it's coming out. So a total revamp and reborn of the system is coming out. That's pretty so neat. Uh, wow. Great wow awesome. your, that's great for the UK and European gaming, for sure. And if you were lucky enough to get a part, be a part of it, because the, uh, the lower tiers went, went by immediately. They were gone within a couple hours. It was crazy. Dang. That's awesome. Are you a fan of the Spectrum, uh, JD? I I played a little. I I had a friend in Germany when I was living over there who had who had an old one, and it was it's a very different kind of retro gaming. Where did yeah, you I know, live in Germany, man? When or where? Oh, where? Where I lived in Hanover for college and Dortmund for school, high school. I was stationed over there in Darmstadt. I was not a stationed. I was a student. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was stationed there, but actually, um, I have a bunch of family, a bunch of my family's from there, so. Yeah, that's my family over there. Oh, awesome! So yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for the for the spectrum. That's that's great. It's kind of interesting because Rare that's got their start on the spectrum. A lot of Rare's earliest games were released exclusively. A lot, a lot to the of the spectrum. a lot of the big old companies uh, started out on on the specy. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Acclaim started out on them. I well, might Code, be wrong on that one. Codemasters did. Did there? 
Yeah. So it's really cool. I was really happy. I I, I, w- I thought about it, but the Canadian dollar just doesn't match up to the pound. So and uh, thank you, Microbrew, for coming on the podcast. By the way, thanks for having me. It was it was great. It was a lot of fun, guys. And uh, where can we find your content for people watching? Oh, uh, you can find me at uh, Microbrew Gamers with a Z on YouTube. You can find it dot yeah microbrewgamers.com. It has a bunch of links to my stuff. It's my website. Um, same thing. I got same handle for Twitter, Instagram. Pretty much most stuff. Uh, actually, VidMe, too, now. I started putting stuff on VidMe since the oh, awesome. flocking away from awesome. YouTube. So I only have, like, yeah. one video up, but I'm trying to I'm trying to start to play with that a little bit. Are like we VidMe. all on VidMe now? <laughs> I think we're all on I'm VidMe all here. JD, are you on VidMe yet? I've been on VidMe, man. Yeah, yeah, you're on VidMe. Yeah. I've been on VidMe since, like, December. <laughs> I can safely oh. say that Mother to Earth is not on VidMe, but, you know... You should. That's... You know, I might look into it for some of the other stuff that we have uploaded. We yeah, look yeah. into it. I like VidMe. I really do like VidMe a lot. So, yeah. Let me actually. So, another gaming news: Far Cry 5's poster was released. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs> it it's uh, really something. Now, am I looking at this? Is it the these guys that are sitting at a table with the American flag, flag dropped over it, dude bowing in front of it says sitting. Is this the right, right yeah, image the that I'm looking at? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it's the, the one being like, we're, we're, we're a bunch of people from Montana. We have a bunch of guns, America flag, and there's possibly an immigrant with, uh, with some wording on him. <laughs> it says sinner on it. And I'm also, like, is this, how do you know what are you sure this? It's like Z. It, it, to me, it's that that picture says xenophobia. The game. <laughs> I'd also like to point out, for the record, that the composition at the table lines up with uh, Da Vinci's Last Supper. Yeah, it's the Last Supper. And if you notice the planes in the background, they kind of look like old biplanes from like the forties or the fifties. So I don't even think this is like a modern game, to be honest. Well, I mean, the well, yeah, it's hard to tell with the guns, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's like um. Yeah, it's probably from the 50s, because if you notice, they have chains on them. Like, uh, So, I don't know, maybe it's like cotton fields and whatnot like that. Maybe I don't it's know, like... man. Have you been to Montana? <laughs> it could be know. now. It could <laughs> easily be now. <laughs> oh, bad. I, th- I bad. think this is going to be a big, like... Controversy. Because you got the bikers on... Or they look like bikers anyway. I mean, I don't mean the stereotype. But you also see that guy with, like, Vietnam tags or dog tags around him oh yeah know, man this That's could right. be like oh yeah i didn't notice that but yeah yeah so obviously it takes place after that yeah i'm thinking this is going to be a a drug trade game uh you know like a uh well technically in far cry free there was a drug trade thing happening too even though they were pirates it was a drug trade thing so you uh, think right. it's going to be a bunch of people from Montana growing coca plants? Well, I don't know or coca or plants or, or, or the whatever. president says cocoa plants? No, I'm thinking more like <laughs> maybe running meth labs or something, or cocaine or something. I don't know. Well, there's a church looking... Uh, no, man, meth is, a Wisconsin, meth is a Wisconsin thing. That's a Midwest thing. Come on, man. They, 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 go, they go upscale out in that left coast. They go coca. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and find out for details. And... Uh, Find out more about the game. It looks kind of odd to me. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's just straight up xenophobia. The game. 
I just want that's a my, new Far Cry. All I want is a new Far Cry Blood Dragon. That's all I want. Yeah. Now there is there is there is a heavy rumor that hasn't been denied that Far Cry Five could possibly be on PSVR. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. That would sell it alone. But I wouldn't get hung up on this poster too much. Remember the Far Cry Four poster had uh, Troy Baker's white character. You know, dressed in a purple suit with like his hand on like a, a, a an Indian or some sort of Asian uh, descent man who was on his knees like a servant, and a lot of people got caught up into that imagery too. I wouldn't get caught up uh, until we play the game. I wouldn't get too caught up in what a poster says. That's an Ubisoft right. game. We know what it's about. <laughs> Go to the tall thing, see all the stuff, <laughs> clear the area. We're good. Yes, Ubisoft <laughs> games. They are all the same. <laughs> the one that the one that really stood out to me i mean like i i kind of enjoyed i enjoyed the map editor on far cry 4 more than i enjoyed probably the actual game um oh. but i mostly because it was just fun to shoot yaks uh, <laughs> or to be killed by a yak um they're all solid games they're just they're just getting stale now there's nothing new yeah well, that's okay, so why we, I like guys, the one where you get to go feral. Uh, we got a com- comment from Spike Martinez. Judging by the compound bow and the rails on those ARs, the game has a modern setting. Okay, oh, so we know what's today. Okay. Dude, this guy right here. This guy right what? here. But I just I just went on the fact that it's in Montana, so it could be any age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, All right. I think it's going to be Honestly, a modern it's a game. video game. It could have been in the 1700s in an alternate reality. <laughs> in this fictional land called Montana. Montana. <laughs> Montana, I haven't heard of such a place. <laughs> Do people live there? <laughs> I just know of Montana's restaurant. No, I'm joking. That's, that does sound like the most boring setting for a game. Why well, not? It could be very dangerous Montana. in Montana. Well, so here's what I think about Far Cry as far as their settings and their the way that the game all comes together. If there obviously there are going to be enough like spots where the factions are hanging out to be able to keep the game interesting. Um, but as far as like wildlife, as long as there are enough animals that could potentially kill you, they will probably pump it to the brim with those to keep things. So herds healing. of bu- buffalo. Yeah, just exactly. herds of them. Lots and lots and lots of buffalo. And you can get on a train because yeah. some for they'll bring back a train just for the game, and you can pound buffaloes off the train just like you did in the early 1900s. <laughs> well, you got to remember too that Ubisoft is a French company, and a lot of their developers are French, so their take on American soil is going to be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely see it being... Well, because they made Blood Dragon was super 80s-stylized. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I loved about you know what I loved about Blood Dragon? It took place in Quebec City. In Canada. Yeah. And there's palm trees <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and, like, there's palm trees everywhere. I'm like, this game is hilarious. I love it. <laughs> but, I mean, they at least they you can be confident that they know how to do weird stuff like over the top. Yeah. And maybe that oh, will be what makes Oh, the maybe the Montana farmers pumped some weird steroid into the Buffalo where it can like 
turn into a basically go on its hind legs and run at you. <laughs> yes. AJD, I'm not sure if you ever noticed this. At the very beginning of Far Cry Blood Dragon, when you see the explosion, like the world getting nuked, the city they chose to blow up in the opening credits was Toronto. Because you see the CN Tower and the Sky oh, Dome all yeah. on fire and stuff. Are we, really, are we really shocked that a bunch of people from Quebec want to blow up Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's why I was Come like, on. those bastards at Ubisoft. I can't I believe wish our, they did I, that. I wish our city was as popular as Toronto. Fuck those Canadians. They're not actually Canadian. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. As they, as they eat a crepe and smoke their cigarette. <laughs> I wish we were French too, but we're not. <laughs> I wish we had palm trees here, and then they put palm trees like in their city. Not that I think game. about it, Montreal actually sucks. <laughs> we're just an isolated all right, all right, frozen guys, wasteland. That's right, not just now. Montreal's Montreal. actually kind of nice. I don't, I don't, I don't mind it too much. Yeah. So okay, so here's, and this happened what yesterday, and I'm sure this is everywhere now. Uh, more Ubisoft. There is the uh, the Mario and Rabbids Kingdom battle leaks. Yes. For the uh, there are something like what four or five yeah, that's different been, images that have come out. That's been rumored for a while now, but finally now, like there's actual images to go along with it. Yeah, they confirmed yeah. a lot. They can they 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 confirmed uh, Assassin's Creed returning this year. The crew twos and development. Oh yeah, they're they're gonna yeah they they've they've gotten all the the leaks out now, so people can get hyped for E three. Yeah, it was it was totally on purpose with, uh, with Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Montana Dragons, <laughs> and uh, the Rabbits game. <laughs> Far Cry, Montana <laughs> Dragons. <laughs> and See, that's what we're missing. That's what we're missing in modern games is interesting titles, because Assassin's Creed, the next title is going to be Origins, and it can get out of there. Yeah. What a bore. They should have called Far Cry. They could have. It should have been Far Cry Five: Montana Dragons or or Return of the Buffalo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Assassin's no, wait, Creed. I, I got a better name for you. Far Cry Five: Buffalo Bill. Can you play as call it that? <laughs> well, can, you know what? The main enemy should be called Buffalo Bill. Yeah, that would be awesome. And he just like waddles up to you with his like. Like he's this. He's actually this big. Yeah, the dude in the suit in the picture is actually just his, just his henchman. It's 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 just this fat dude riding a buffalo all the time. He's like, I was the evil guy the whole time. <laughs> just called. Oh me no, buffalo really? Bill. I had no idea. And his special attack is chunking lotion at people. <laughs> Come on, that's original gaming right, ideas. Right. Yeah, I think, inspiration. I think, I think the podcast. I think with that, our podcast has come to an end. Thank you for that, JD. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, everyone, uh, shameless shout-outs. Let's all talk about um, what we're trying to promote and um, what we got going for us. We'll start with Rad. Hey, Rad. Hey, again, just closing it here. Uh, if you guys haven't followed me already, I'm Rad Zero on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at Rad Zero 83 Touch Base Pro Wrestling, Gaming, you name it. Awesome. And we got Stando TV. Hey, guys, Stando TV here. So check out StandoTV.com for everything that I'm into, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on, too, PNG. No problem. And thank you for attending so many of my streams lately. I really appreciate that. Uh, 
And you saw me suck terribly at Earthworm Jim yesterday, so. <laughs> it's okay, because I, I didn't know much about that either, so we figured it out kind of together, I think. Me as a viewer and you yeah. as a player. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Josh. Yeah. So, Mother to Earth is going to be, I mean, the movie is going to be coming out in December of 2018, but we have been posting consistent updates and have little fun things at our Twitter account. And our, our Twitter account is at Mother to Earth MV. And we also have our website with a store, Mother to Earth.com, where you can, if you're interested, pre order the game, uh, pre order the uh, film on Blu-ray, DVD, digital, etc. And I think most recently we just released a trailer. So feel free to go check that out. That's I'm super proud of it. You hear that folks? There's gonna be a Mother to Earth game. I heard him say There's, it the week. That's <laughs> not uh, no no comment. I'm telling Evan. No, I'm joking. All right. Because he'll, he'll want to make a game is the thing. Oh he would. <laughs> he would. Okay, JD. Yeah, JD, uh, YouTube channel, just regular gaming one called Moose and Spiel. It's, on, it's also on uh, Vidme. You can follow me on Twitter at BowlingJD. Uh, now I'm with a collaboration, a, a retro gaming podcast. We pitch it, we uh, pick a theme and play games based on the theme. It's called Red Leaf Retrocast. You can find that iTunes, Google Play. It's also on the YouTube and Vidme channel. Uh, so there's a whole plethora of areas you can you can find the the podcast. We just came out with one today. Uh, movie-based games so you I know all the games we played were very good <laughs> hey, hey. Only the best. some movie some movie games are good like, okay um, okay a couple yeah a couple a couple that's why i said some, why I said some. <laughs> but re- retro movie-based games oh it gets rough it gets rough i can name you one really really good one right now aladdin oh yeah that too Here's aladdin one. for super nintendo willow yeah very good movie-based game on the really? NES. Very, very good. It's an RPG. Hmm. Could have used you. Not, not really as good as the arcade, though. The original arcade, like, if you can play that, if you can download some MAME or something and download uh, Willow for the for the arcade cabinet, that that is an awesome game. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I'll have to look into it. But yeah, Willow for the NES, play it. And if you find the arcade version, like he says, it's probably better play it. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> Thank you all for watching. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Dayspace. Dayspace makes our podcast possible by being hosted on iTunes, and you can download it for free and on the go. And they'll also host our podcast of many other awesome podcasts. Uh, you can find this on the channel at PNG Gamer or just PNG for short. Um, this is episode fifty-one, and we've been going pretty strong. We've been doing a lot of episodes, and uh, I'm very appreciative of all of you coming back on the show and for the recurring guests and brand new guests that have been appearing on the show. Now um, I have another video coming up. It's uh, one of those, like I've been doing a ton of live streams this week and this one's just a video of me from star Wars, the force awakens, just killing a bunch of Wookiees at the beginning of the game and making a whole bunch of puns. And I think you guys are going to get some laughs out of it. Cause this ga- this video is just oh, ridiculous. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, the title is called PNG kills Wookiees. That's the name of the video. <laughs> And it's just like some pissed off looking movie on the thumbnail. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's, it's and you can find it uploaded right now. Literally, like right now. Woo. I just press publish. <laughs> Literally, oh, cool. as, as as right the second I press publish. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, so it's it's stupid, but it's fun. 
Um, yeah, so feel free to come back next week. We'll have another awesome podcast, maybe a new lineup, maybe some recurring guests, and it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to doing our E3 predictions podcast. I'm not sure when that will be, but coming soon. So when is E3, by the way, JD? Do you know the exact date? Uh, June 10th, I believe. Oh, June shit. 10th we better get on 14th. that then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we better hurry up with that. Um, okay, <laughs> so thank you all for watching. Thank you all for participating. And remember to leave a comment. Comments go a long way, and they continue to drive us to continue and be better YouTubers than we are. Feedback is always appreciated. Thank you, guys, as always.